Revelation chapter 1, we've, we actually got down to verse 4, believe it or not. We went through three verses last week. We got down to verse 4. We're going to take our time as we go through the book of Revelation. Uh, it'll speed up some, but sometimes it'll speed up when I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so when you see me speeding through verses, that's because I have no idea what the Lord's talking about there. But uh, the, the truth is, no, there's a lot, not a lot of other men that do either. They speculate, but they don't really know. But we, we're speculate. I love to speculate. All right, we're in Revelation chapter 1. Um, we're in there at verse 4. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just come to you humbly in the precious name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, so that your Holy Spirit will be the one that leads us and guides us just this morning, Lord God, teaches us. Father, we're just praying that... Uh, You'll give us some wisdom out of your book, Lord God, and we thank you for your words, Lord God, and ask you for some traveling mercies back and forth this morning, Lord God, with that fog, Lord, and we thank you for the weather. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So to kind of get... It, it got bad about a Democrat. I don't know if that's what Joker feels like, too, but when you got the Democrats started getting foggy and then you got down over that big hill, and it got, it got real bad. You know. All right, Revelation chapter 1. Uh, skip down to verse 9, just real quick. Skip down to verse 9. He says, just to give you context, I, John, and of course John's the one who wrote the book of Revelation that, that Jesus Christ gave him, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. He's in companion in tribulation. And that's not the tribulation period that we're going to be talking about as we go through the book of Revelation. That's just a normal day tribulation that every Christian goes through. You're going to go through tribulations. Uh, Christianity is a, is a trial of tribulation. And in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Anybody remember what the testimony of Jesus Christ is? Spirit of prophecy. Amen. That's Revelation 19.10. The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Now he's talking here though that he's got the testimony. He, had, he was keeping the testimony. In other words... He was testifying of Jesus Christ, and he was trying to keep God's word, the word of God, and it got him thrown into this, this prison on Patmos. Uh, it says here, John the Apostle is exiled on the Isle of Patmos for the word of God, a testimony of Jesus Christ. And there's a picture of him walking off the boat and him getting on this, this island. Uh, we have it A.D. 97 there. He got, he got thrown off that isle, and then he was, it's like a prison camp. And that was, it's basically he got thrown in prison for preaching Jesus Christ. And he was an older man. And when he got thrown in prison preaching Jesus Christ, that's when Jesus Christ gave him this revelation. And it was a marvelous... Of course, y'all, y'all know how amazing this revelation is. The last book written in your Bible was the book of Revelation. John Bunyan, the two greatest masterpieces of English literature, actually two greatest best-selling books of all time is the is the King James Bible, and the second best-selling is John Bunyan's uh, Pilgrim's Progress. Pilgrim's Progress. He wrote that while he's in prison. So if the Lord throws you in prison, get ready. You're probably going to do something great for the Lord. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to show you. And as Christians, we don't understand that. I mean, as American Christians, we don't understand this. We're spoiled rotten. We don't worry about being persecuted for what we believe. I mean, to us, persecution is somebody not agreeing with us. We don't worry about somebody coming in these back doors. But brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world right now, you can look at that map, China, Russia, all over the world right now, especially in Iraq, Iran, Syria, they can't be Christians openly. 
And when they are Christians openly, they're, they're killed, persecuted. They can't have churches openly. It's, it's sad. It's real sad. And that's what uh, John's going through here. So let's go back, back to verse 4. Go back to verse 4. I was just giving you an idea of what, what the context of all this was. <clears throat> John, now this is John, he's telling us now. Because he's saying in verse 3, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Verse 4, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace. Now he's writing to seven churches, and that number seven is going to come up over and over and over again through the book of Revelation. Seven is a number of completion. There's seven churches, there's seven seals, there's seven vials, there's seven trumpets, there's seven new things, there's seven personages. There's seven, all kinds of sevens all through the Bible. Seven candlesticks, seven angels, seven churches. And it says there that it's, which are in Asia. Let me skip through this. This transparency didn't come up very good. But uh, in Asia would be what we would call Asia Minor. And it's, it's doesn't, you can't hardly see it here. But the, here's, here's Israel, here's Jerusalem. This is where the seven churches are located. Here's the Isle of Patmos right here, off here. Now Asia... What we would call, when he says Asia, and later on he's going to say Asia again, he's not talking about, when we think of Asia, we think of China and that area right in there. He's referring to what we would call today Asia Minor, which was Turkey and this area right in here. What we would call nowadays is Asia Minor. So when Asia, Asia, Asia Minor is what he's talking about there. In uh, verse 4, John of the seven churches which are in Asia. And here's a better, here's a better transparency Here's the seven churches we're going to go through, through the book of Revelation to, to chapter 4. And then here's the Isle of Patmos. You see how small it is. Just a little bitty old rock island right off here. Here's the Mediterranean Sea. And those are, these are the seven churches he's going to be writing to, that Jesus Christ is going to command him to write to. Now it says, Grace be unto you, verse 4, in peace, from him, talking about Jesus Christ, from him which is and which was and which is to come which is and which was and which is to come. Jesus Christ is a high priest and was a prophet and is soon to come a king. So that's how you break that down. He is, which is, and which was, and which is to come. Uh, that speaks of the Trinity, guys. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You'll see this. When you see Jesus Christ referred to, he's in the God the Father, they're referred to in, in the Trinity form. There's threes always associated with God. God's associated with the number three, which is, he is a high priest. He's our high priest right now. He's making intercession for me and you right now. He's our high priest. Amen. We're priests to God. That means we don't need to go to a priest in a confessional booth and confess our sins. We have, we have a high priest we go to, which is Jesus Christ. We go to our high priest, Jesus Christ, which is at the throne of glory, which is we use his blood to get in there, and which was, he was a prophet. He's never going to be a prophet again. Jesus Christ is never going to be a suffering prophet again. He's already accomplished that. That was, he was that. He was a suffering prophet. He was the lamb that died on the cross of Calvary, but he'll never be that again. Okay, you got to grab a hold of that. That was one time only. And he is, to, what is to come? He's going to come as a king. That's what he is. Good morning. Good morning, guys. So which is, which, which, which is, and which was, and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. The seven spirits which are before his throne. Now these seven spirits, see that spirits is capital S? That's the Holy Spirit. 
So the Holy Spirit manifests itself out in seven different ways. And this is something new maybe to some of y'all, but He does. The Holy Spirit is a He, it's a person, and He manifests Himself out in seven different ways. And it says, and from the seven spirits which are before His throne. Turn to, okay, we're in Revelation, turn to chapter 4, verse 5. Revelation 4, 5. And I'll just give you, you'll give you a rundown. We'll get, when we get to this part in Revelation, we'll look at this a little closer probably, but look at these seven spirits. Revelation 4, 5. And out of the throne, this is when John gets raptured up to, the, to, the, to heaven, to the third heaven. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So God manifests Himself out through the Holy Spirit in seven different ways. There's seven spirits. Look at, look at, uh, look at Revelation chapter 5, look at verse 6. Here's one that's even stranger than that. Here's when Jesus Christ comes out as a lamb. And I beheld, verse 6, And lo, in the midst of the throne, and out of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain. That's Jesus Christ. Having seven horns, this lamb looks like it has its throat cut. It has seven horns and seven eyes. And it says those seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. So the Holy Spirit... Is presenting himself and manifesting himself out as seven spirits. You say, well, how is that possible? Well, I would present myself to some of y'all in two or three different ways. I'm Keegan, and I might be a friend to Brother Raymond, but I would be a husband to my wife. And I would be a friend to Alvin, but I would be a son, I mean, I'd be a father to my son. There's three different ways I manifest myself out. I don't talk to and communicate with my son the way I do with Brother Raymond. I don't ever threaten to whip Brother Raymond, amen? Well, I mean, I could, but I don't. I don't ever say, don't do that, Brother Raymond. Do this through that. And I for sure don't treat my wife like I treat my son. Well, if you heard my son talking about me without my name, you might think he's talking about somebody totally different than when my wife's talking about me. But I'm the same person. I'm just manifesting myself out. I manifest myself out as a friend, as a husband, and as a father. So the Holy Spirit, and that's the way God manifests himself out. But through the Holy Spirit, there's seven different ways he's manifesting himself out. We can find this in Isaiah chapter 11. Turn to Isaiah chapter 11 with me, and I'll show these to you. We think we've got it right here in Isaiah chapter 11. He lists them out. When the branch is manifested out, it lists the seven spirits. And so if you want to get an idea of what they are, here's a good idea. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Talking about the seven spirits, the seven spirits of God. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. And there shall come forth a, forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Now, who's Jesse? That's David's father. That's David's dad, amen? Well, who, who's, who's Jesse? If, that, if that's David's dad, then that's Jesus Christ's granddad, way, way, way down the line. Well, there's going to be a branch come out. See that? And a branch shall grow out of his roots. See that capital B? That's a prophecy of Jesus Christ growing out of David. In other words, he's going to come out. What's going to be on him? Verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord, there's one, shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom, two. And understanding, three. The Spirit of counsel, four. And might, five. The Spirit of knowledge, six. And of the fear of the Lord, seven. So there's the seven spirits of the Lord mentioned there in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Spirit of the Lord, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. So 
When the Holy Spirit's moving, that's what you're going to see happen. When the Holy Spirit's moving, He's going to manifest Himself out. You'll get understanding. You're going to get wisdom. You're going to get counsel. You'll get might. You'll get knowledge. And you'll get the fear of the Lord. The Holy Spirit moves on you. You have a fear of the Lord. I tell people all this all the time. People talk about, you know, the Holy Spirit this and the Holy Spirit that. When I've seen the Holy Spirit moving on a congregation, when I've seen the Holy Spirit moving on people, when the Holy Spirit moves through, there's people get broken hearted. There's people start shedding tears. It, I don't see people, a lot of people jumping up just, hallelujah. Now, I've seen people getting excited. But man, when the Holy Spirit comes in, it convicts you and you get convicted about your sin. Because why? Because He's holy. <laughs> He, you're not. I'm not. I'm not holy. I'm a sinner. So when something holy and pure comes, starts moving, you start realizing, I'm sorry, no good, and you start getting the fear of the Lord. You said, okay, I need to. I need to get right with the Lord. That's when the Holy Spirit's moving. All right, back in Revelation. Back in Revelation chapter 1. So there's the seven spirits, seven spirits which are before His throne. Verse 5, Revelation 1, 5. And from, faith, and from Jesus Christ... Who is the faithful witness? I'm going to preach on faithfulness this morning in, in, in regular church service. Who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead? Now, is Jesus Christ the first begotten of the dead? Well, technically, He's not. Amen? Lazarus came up. There's different people through the Bible who have resurrected from the dead, but they all went back in the ground and stayed there. Amen? Lazarus was resurrected, but he went right back down into the ground. So Jesus Christ is the first begotten of the dead to never go back in the ground. He's never going to go back. He's never going to die again. That's the promise we got. The first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him. Talking about Jesus Christ that loved us. Jesus Christ loves you. And washed us. He washed each and one of you that have accepted Jesus Christ from our sins in his own blood. Amen. Woo. Man, that's a good verse. I'm reading Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, the end of verse 5. Unto him that loved us, he loved you. The Bible says not that we loved him, is that he loved us first. Amen. Amen, okay? So he loved us and washed us. He takes you and washes us from our sins in his own blood. It's all about the blood of Jesus Christ. I know it makes us have a bloody religion, although this is a bloody book. But it is all about the blood of Jesus Christ. With, that, with the blood of Jesus Christ, He redeems you. He sanctifies you. He, it, you're healed. There's all, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm having physical problems, I plead out the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, I'm fighting this uh, kidney stone or whatever I'm fighting. And I mean, all that night, I'm just praying, Lord Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ on my, on my... I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how I pray. Man, I pray and plead the blood of Jesus Christ because I know it's powerful. And you're going to see this blood come up all through the rest of the book of Revelation. All right. Man, that's a great verse, guys, right there. He washed us, he loved us, washed us from our sins in his own blood. Verse 6, okay, and hath made us kings and priests unto God. You're a priest and a king. Now, you might not be there yet, but you're going to be. You're a child of the king. And you've got an inheritance coming is going to make you a king and a priest unto God and His Father. But you know what? Without, with, that, with no cross, there's no crown. With no cross, no crown. In other words, you've got to suffer. Jesus Christ says, pick up thy cross and follow me. Okay? You, there's a suffering that goes there to get to be, to be the king. 
and glory and unto God and His Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right. So, so amen just means so be it. When, some, when you see in the Bible, amen, that means so be it. It is what it is, is what we would say. Okay. Amen is it is what it is. Amen. So be it. Verse 7. Okay. Behold. Talking about Jesus Christ. He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. Now, every eye shall see him. That's a reference to the second advent of Jesus Christ. This is not a reference to the rapture. If every eye is going to see him, not every eye is going to see him when he comes and raptures out the church. And we'll get into the rapture in, in Revelation chapter 4. But at the second advent, it, all through the Bible, when he comes a second time as a king of kings, lords of lords, Revelation 19, the Bible says every eye is going to see him. From the east to the west. I mean, there's nobody going to go, what's that? They're going to know, there's Jesus coming right there. They're going to know it. Every eye shall see him, and they also, they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. Even so, amen, so be it. Who pierced him? Well, the Romans, but the Jews pierced him. Look at Zechariah. Look at Zechariah chapter 12. Let's go back to Zechariah chapter 12. Old Testament, one of the minor prophets, Zechariah chapter 12. If it's right before the book of, if you're trying to find it, it's right before the book of Matthew. If you go Matthew, it's Malachi to the left, then Zechariah chapter 12. Now, the book of Zechariah is amazing. I mean, it's an amazing book. It's got all kinds of prophecies about Jesus Christ. In here, and in the stuff to come, there's in Zechariah you'll find a, you'll find an atomic explosion. You're going to find all kinds of stuff like that prophesied in the book of, of Zechariah. But Zechariah chapter twelve, verse nine, we're talking about the one they said here. It says, "And they also which pierced him, Jesus Christ was pierced on the cross of Calvary." Okay, here's the prophecy: five hundred years, five hundred years before Jesus Christ was born, this was written right here, verse nine. And it shall come to pass in that day, now this is God speaking, that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. The prophecy says there's going to come a day that Jerusalem's there and all the nations are going to come against Jerusalem. Do y'all realize that could happen today? You know that happened back in 1960, 1967. In the Six-Day War, they all came against Jerusalem. And with God's hand, the Jerusalem whipped their butt and ran them all out. And that's a, that's a right, and that, he whipped the rear end, ran them all out. They shouldn't have won that battle. And they whipped them so much that they're still fighting about that today in 2017. You know that, right? Trump is trying to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, U.S. embassy. They're throwing a fit. They think Jerusalem belongs to the Muslims. When did, when did the Jews get Jerusalem? 1967, when they whipped them. And got Jerusalem, got the Temple Mount, got all of that. That's when it happened. They're still fighting about that. He says here in a prophecy, there will come a day I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. That's the Battle of Armageddon, guys. All right, but look at verse 10. And I, now who's the I there? Well, that's the Lord. I will pour upon the house of David. That's the Lord, okay? You got to get this. You got to understand that this is the Lord speaking. The Lord Jehovah, God. You got that? Look at verse 4. In that day saith the Lord. So this is the Lord speaking. I want you to get, get the context of this. Why is that important? Because I'm about to show you. It's Jehovah God speaking, right? Okay, y'all got that verse 4? Now look at verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of David. This is God talking. And upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem. 
the spirit of grace and of supplications. Notice, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Who was pierced? Jesus Christ. I thought this is God speaking. Jesus Christ is God. <laughs> That's the only way you get around this. So when you have a Jehovah's Witness or somebody or a Mormon say, well, Jesus wasn't God, Jesus wasn't God, just laugh at them and show them the door. They looked upon me whom they have pierced. That's God saying that. But that's Jesus Christ coming back. And they shall mourn for him, for who? For the man that they pierced, as one mourneth for his only son the Son of God, the Son of David. He's all man and he's all God. He's a Jew, but he's God manifest in the flesh. As one mourneth for his only son, that's the Jews mourning for him, and she'll be in bitterness for him, for Jesus Christ, as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. See all these prophecies? That's Jesus Christ being manifest. That's God being manifest in Jesus Christ being crucified on the cross. 500 years before he was born, that's what was written down, guys. That's what makes this Bible amazing is the prophecy in it. People ask me, why do you believe the Bible? Prophecy? That stuff just like that. And that day, verse 11, in that day shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem. A mourning like a sorrow. As the mourning or sorrow ahead of Dremem in the valley of Megadon. The valley of Megadon. What's the valley of Megadon? Megiddo, Armageddon. That's the battle of Armageddon. So all, see, all, that, all that's the context of what he's talking about here in Revelation chapter 1. Okay, back in Revelation chapter 1. So there's going to come a time, and the prophecy is, that when Jesus Christ comes back, the Jews are going through this tribulation period. The church is raptured out. The Jews are on earth. When Jesus Christ is coming back and the Jews that are left, they're going to mourn. They're going to be in sorrow because they said, you know, we crucified our Messiah. See, a Jew is still looking for the Messiah. They don't think Jesus Christ is the Messiah, but we know better, amen. amen. They, they, God, the Bible says that God has blinded their eyes to the truth. But there'll come a time when those blinders will come off and they realize Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is the one. We pierced him. And they're going to mourn about that. They're going to be in sorrow. Man, that's it's an amazing time. And that's what this verse 7 is talking about. Every eye shall see him, they, they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. Even so, even so... Amen. Hey, it is what it is. That's what that verse is telling you. Now, remember, remember this. When Jesus Christ came the first time, Rome was in power, the Jews were in the homeland, and there was one universal language, which was Greek. Today, Rome is in power. When, when Rome, when, whenever Jesus Christ comes, whenever the revelation the book of Revelation, what we're talking about when the tribulation period starts with the Antichrist and rule, he's going to rule through Rome, through the Pope, through the Catholic Church. I'll show you that when we get there, okay? So Rome was in power back then. Rome's going to be in power when the Antichrist. Jews are in their homeland. When did the Jews come back in the homeland now? 1948. See, a hundred years ago, this wasn't possible. A hundred years ago, the Jews were scattered all over the world. But in 1948, they came back and became a nation. They become a nation. UN voted for them in one day to become a nation. That was prophesied. And now they're sitting in the homeland. What are they waiting for? The Messiah. We're waiting for him too, amen. amen. But they don't realize his name is Jesus Christ. 
So there was one, Rome was empowered, the Jews were in the homeland the first time Jesus came, and there was one universal language. What's the one universal language today? English. No doubt about it. If you're in China, you learn English. If you're in Pakistan, you learn English. English. If you're in Germany, you learn English. I have a friend who just married a good German girl. And she come over here, and she was speaking English. And she kept saying, I hope my English is not bad. She spoke better English than me. <laughs> and I told her, I said, <laughs> and the only thing she didn't understand about English was some of the catch, you know, phrases we say. Uh, I can't think of none of them off the top of my head. But you know how we, you know, it's Texans. Texans, you know, we're, we're real, we always have all these little catchy things we say. We'd, yeah, we'd say something, and she'd go, what did that mean? You know, she doesn't understand what, what exactly that means. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but y'all know them. Some of them I can't probably repeat in here, but, but, y'all, but y'all know what I'm saying. Huh? Pardon me? Yeah, y'all. Just stuff like that. She couldn't get that, but man, she spoke better English than me. The point is, that's a universal language. You got the book right here. All right, so all this is setting up what? The first time Jesus Christ came, this is all setting up the second time Jesus Christ comes, guys. I'm telling you, in history, there's never been a time from the time Jesus, from 70 A.D. is when the Jews got scattered to the, all the known world. 70 A.D. So for two, practically for about, about 1900 something years, there was no way this prophecy could come fulfilled. Because the Jews weren't in the homeland. But in 1948, when they came in the homeland, guys, you better get ready. This is what we're talking about. Verse 8, I am, Jesus Christ says, I am Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega. What's Alpha and Omega? Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. What we would say is A to Z. Jesus Christ is saying, I'm I'm the A and I'm the Z. The first and the last. He's associating himself with what? Letters. Alpha, Omega, A and Z. He's associating himself with the word. With words. What do you got in your lap right now? Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, so Jesus Christ and this Bible are so associated, you can't, sometimes you can't get them apart. It's amazing. Guys, what's eternal? Jesus Christ. What's eternal? The Word of God. They're, 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 they're just right here. So when you, got, when you can read this Bible, you're reading something holy. I am Alpha. And Omega, the beginning and the ending. It begins with Jesus Christ, guys. It's going to end with Jesus Christ. Saith the Lord. There it is, the Lord, which is a priest, which was a prophet, and which is to come, a king. See that? Which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Well, who's the Almighty? God. Why am I pointing this out to you? I'm trying to get in your head that something a Jehovah's Witness and a Mormon cannot get is that Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. We're not just talking about one or two verses that prove Jesus Christ is God. It's over and over and over again. They said, he will look up, they will look upon me whom they pierced. And that's God speaking. We just read that in Zechariah. Here it says, I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the ending, saith the Lord. You know what a Jehovah's Witness does in that verse right there in their New World Translation? They put in there Lord Jehovah. Was Jesus Christ Lord Jehovah? Yeah. But the problem is, is in their Bible, they're proving that Jesus Christ is God. (laughs) That's what they're proving when they put Lord Jehovah in there. Turn to Revelation 22. I'll show it to you. 
You know, I know you're never going to have a Jehovah's Witness in, you, in your house to bug them out. You, maybe you will. Maybe the Lord will lay in your heart and say, you know what, I'm going to get this sucker right here. I'm going to get them. They're going to knock on my door for the last time. If you want them to knock on your door for the last time, show them this stuff right here. Because, yeah, they'll probably mark your house with a curse or something like that. I know they don't come by my house anymore. I got them all so stirred up. I mean, they sent the bigwigs over there to, I'll prove out of your own Bible that Jesus is, isn't God and stuff like that. And I showed them, I set them straight. But one of the things about it is, is uh, they said there that verse 8, in their own Bible, not my Bible, their Bible says Lord Jehovah. But in, in Revelation 22, because Jesus Christ says, I'm Alpha and Omega, and they, then he says Lord Jehovah in their Bible. Verse 13 of 22 says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Now, who's that speaking? It's up. It's up to who you think it is. It could, they'll say, well, that's God. Look at verse 16. I, Jesus. I, Jesus. <laughs> that's Jesus speaking. Can't get around that. And that's what their Bible says, too. So if you ever want to get a Jehovah's Witness all foaming at the mouth, show them that right there. You, ever, you only use one thing to get a Jehovah's Witness. This is the one thing you can get every Jehovah's Witness with. Say, so you don't believe in hell. You, and they'll say, they'll give you something. Say, well, you think hell is the grave. And they'll say, yeah. Then ask them this, what is hellfire? What is gravefire? Because see, Jesus Christ says hellfire. Well, what's gravefire then? If hell is just the grave. They don't have an answer for that. They get this dumb look on their face. Well, if hell, if hell is a grave... That don't make any sense. But, hell is, if, but if hell is a burning place that you go to to suffer, that makes a lot of sense. Amen. That's why hell is hell. It's not the grave, my brothers and sisters in Christ. You don't need to know the Greek or the Hebrew to know that. you got a King, King James Bible that shows it to you without going to any Greek, Greek manuscript. Guys, I'm not trying to hit you too hard this morning, but grab a hold of this stuff. you got the truth, man. Let's, let's, let's let it loose. Amen. Let it loose, man. These guys, they need the truth, too. All right. We are getting right about time. Let's, let's try to finish a little bit more of this up. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. I, John. I, John. That reminds me of that Elvis song. I, John. You ever you heard that song? That's a good one. Y'all never heard that Elvis song, I, John? I, John, saw a city coming down four square. That's a good song. I, John. Who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Now, we went through this verse already. Was an isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Verse 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. I believe that Lord's day there is going to be Sunday. Lord's day is Sunday. That's the day, we call it the Lord's Day. The Bible calls that the Lord's Day because that's the day that Jesus Christ resurrected. That's the day the church first got together to meet. That's the day, the Lord's Day, Sunday, the first day of the week was when Jesus Christ resurrected. The church got together to meet, to preach. And thirdly, they got together to collect up the offerings. The first day of the week, which, we, which is Sunday. That's why we, we get together on Sunday. So here's a picture of, of John and he's on the Isle of Patmos. You get an idea, it's just a rocky old place. I showed you a little... I sold you a transparency house, just a little bitty island off this big, big area right here. And he says here in verse uh, 11, saying, I am Alpha and Omega. There he is again. 
the first and the last, what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Now that's Asia Minor. Unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. So seven distinct churches that he said to write this, write this book. Now he says there, and not what thou seest, write in a book. Now this is, gives you an idea of what Jesus Christ looked like, what John saw. He's going to see seven candlesticks. He's going to see Jesus Christ with seven stars in his hand. All this is described later on, and all this is interpreted by the Bible later on. The seven, the seven candlesticks are going to be interpreted as the churches. The seven stars are the seven angels of each one of these churches. That's what the Bible says. We'll get into that. But I want to tell you that while we have that up. But he says, John is commanded to write to the seven churches. What you see, he has him writing on a typewriter. I like that. <laughs> Amen. What thou seest. So John's seen this stuff. It wasn't just that John, that John heard about this or Jesus Christ says, okay, now write this, write that. He says, write what you see. So notice it's what John sees. He's going to be picked up, carried off in time. John's going to be picked up, carried off in time and set down at the end of time at the tribulation period. John's going to be set down right here. John is here at, in time. Let's say he's here about... He's here, he's here at 95 A.D., 97 A.D. Whenever he's at the Isle of Patmos, God's going to take him with the Spirit, and he's going to take him, he's going to transport him to the end of time. That's got to be sometime past 2017, amen. We don't know how, what? It could be just six months from now. And then he's going to show him all the stuff we're going to read in the book of Revelation. And then when he gets done at the end of time, he's going to shoot John right back here, and then John's going to die. Carried him up in the spirit. That happens in Revelation four. What is that? What is, see that little, see that line right there? Well, you know what that tells you when I draw it out like that? What that tells you is, I'm going to draw this as God here as a throne. God sitting up here in heaven as a throne. God is down here, but God also is right here. God's at the end. God's outside of time, guys. God knows what's going to happen to you tomorrow. God knows when you're going to die. God knows your number, when it's going to get pulled. God knows when you were going to be born. God knows when you're going to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. He knows this stuff. Not that he made you do it, but he knows what's going to happen. How does he know that? Because he's sitting right back here looking backwards. But he also can be right here talking to John. He also can be right here in 2017 talking to me and you listening. He's outside of time. He's God. <laughs> That's how he can do that stuff. Amen. Amen. That makes him God. But he wrote in a book and sent it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. So there's John writing in a book. Now I'm going to close by showing you this. And then we'll get into more of this next Sunday. I encourage you to be here next Sunday, Lord willing. We're, Lord willing, Lord don't come back. We'll be up here. Amen. How marvelous would modern day machines appear to John? What thou seest. See? So you got John who's living in 95 AD transported out and he's seeing... We'll say let's, he's, seeing a, uh, he's seeing a jet. See, Dr. Ruttman's got up here a jet drawn. He's got up here a, a big battleship. John's seeing all this stuff, but how do you describe that with John's knowledge of what he knows in 95 A.D.? So when we get into the book of Revelation, we're going to see stuff, and I'm going to show it to you. I think some, I'll show you stuff I think is a helicopter. I'll show you stuff I think is a tank. And John's trying to describe it the best way he can to you. 
But he doesn't, he's never seen a tank. He's never seen a jet. So he's going to try to describe the best way he knows how. But he's seeing it. Now, by how he's writing it down, we've got to try to interpret it out. We've got to try to interpret it out. Now, I think it's a good place to close. Anybody got any questions? Any questions this morning? Don't have any questions? And it's only going to get better, guys. We haven't even got into the good stuff yet. We get into Revelation, man, it gets really, really crazy. Amen. Amen. But it's, it's worth every minute. It's worth every minute. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this uh, study. Lord God, I ask that your Holy Spirit will move among us, that he's the one that taught us and led us and guided us, Lord God. And Father, thank you for your words that we can read them, Lord God. And thank you for your promises that are in here, Lord God. Thank you for loving us and washing us in your precious blood. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.